episode of the Comfort Monk Podcast. This week we've got a very special guest from overseas, Josef von Wissum, famed modern composer and lute player. Yeah, I, I love this stuff, man. This was wild. Like, uh, Definitely was not expecting it to be heavy lute music when when you sent it to me uh but yeah it was super interesting uh how'd you get turned on to this guy's music so i found out about him because i'm big uh jim jarmish fan and he's done soundtracks for a lot of uh jim jarmish stuff including he did the soundtrack for uh only lovers left alive um with uh tilda swinton and so I think that soundtrack is what brought me to him. And so I looked him up like on Google, you know, a long time ago. And I, I looked up like Jim Jarmish, Josef von Vissum, and I saw that they had done a record together called uh, Concerning the Entrance into Eternity. And uh, I listened to it and I instantly was in love with it. It was long form compositions. It was dark. It had this interesting instrument, the lute, which I'd never really heard outside of like goofy, you know, Renaissance fair kind of settings. Um, and it just turned me on to it. So I've been a big fan of his and, uh, I mean, he's, he's one of those people. He's just worked with everybody. Uh, he, he worked with a former guest on our show, uh, Jarbo from the band Swans. Um, yeah, this guy's done a whole lot of stuff that I did not know about. I did not know he had uh, done all the Jim Jarmusch stuff. Um, that's pretty sweet, and I did not know about the Jarbo connection either. That's cool, man. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and we had a great time talking. Um, he's, you know, over in his his home of uh, the Netherlands right now, um, and just, you know real interesting perspective on on everything as you would imagine from somebody who has i won't say single-handedly because i'm sure i'm alienating somebody by saying that but he's definitely had a huge part in bringing back the lute as a modern instrument in the last you know decades so nice well, i'm looking forward to hearing it man but uh let's jump into it we'll keep this one short and sweet and here's our episode with yosef von Vissum. enjoy For the first time when I moved to New York in the 90s, in the early 90s, I always had a, a, a place in Holland uh, to go back to and, uh, and also to work out of because otherwise it's very difficult to have uh, to tour as I do uh, with, with just a place in New York and, and also immigration, uh, that's a long story, but that would be, that's also very uh takes up a lot of time and, and, and traveling. And so what I do is I tour out of a base in Europe. It's the way I, the way I work and, and that's, that's been good for me. And, uh, and yeah, so yeah, that's, so that's basically what it was. And, I, and I've always been back and forth and lately I haven't been much in New York. I haven't been much to New York because of all these things happening. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad that, that things are starting to, uh, the, the ball's starting to roll again for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you, you mentioned filmmakers, too, um, as one of the groups that's been affected by this. Um, and, I, you know, I, I know you have a, a relationship with uh, Jim Jarmish, where y'all mm-hmm. uh, have made records together, soundtracks, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any any uh, any accompaniment, any soundtrack work that you've been doing recently? I've done more so, uh, uh, film work or short film work really lately uh, in this break, and uh, a few things, and uh, there will be some more coming up also. And uh, I mean, I don't think they're shooting right now, and, and they're planning to be shooting again next year, and and also then they would also need the soundtracks again, and uh, so this is also on hold. But I did manage to do some work in that area, and uh, yeah, it's you know I hope that I hope they can also go back. To, go back to shooting again and, and, and also people will go see more movies because basically that's the problem right now that uh, there's not a market for, 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 you know, to go to the cinema and, uh, yes, of course that affects the, not just, uh, big films, but also art films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when, uh, was Jim Jarmish the first, uh, sort of work you had doing uh, stuff with soundtracks or is that something that you've been doing for a long time? I did uh, actually before that uh, I did do fil- other films and I also did uh, the soundtrack to the Sims Medieval uh, video game uh, when that came out which is a while ago already And uh, but obviously uh, your name is not so uh, connected to that. There's people that's not go will not go like, oh, you're the person who did this. But I mean, my name's on there. So, and that was sort of a funny way to reach a big audience, uh, also for my work. You know. Yeah, you. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't ever ever thought about that, but that makes <laughs> total sense. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, I guess they were they were looking for for like a modern loop player who play like modern. Uh, music on loot and I was the only one so back then I guess <laughs> so yeah that was not so it was not so difficult yeah yeah no that, that's that's very cool um I, I, that, that makes me think about I you know in the video game realm um uh the the witcher is sort of a popular thing now uh yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's like a, a Polish uh, novel series. Yeah. Um, and they made video games into it. And I, I know I saw a concert that was given in Poland of uh-huh. uh, like a bunch of the music from it that they had kind of arranged for a, for an orchestra. And uh, they had some pretty cool like Renaissance uh, and Baroque kind of instruments in that. So yeah. maybe, maybe if they make another Witcher game, you could get... <laughs> Get that would be great. I, I, I'm here, man. <laughs> yeah, the ability of a loot to bring out you know so many feelings and so many associations with a, a time period, um, and then what you do with it by making it you know very modern 
I've read that uh, you started playing classical guitar, and that sort of made you aware of some some lute uh, pieces, and uh, just kind of piqued your interest in it. Um, when you started learning lute, uh, did you think it was going to become like your primary mode of composition? No, I didn't know that. No, it was more. Uh, I met I met the right lute teacher in New York. Uh, he was uh, himself an ex-guitar player, and he was a, a pupil of Reverend Gary Davis, you know, the famous uh, country blues guitar player, who to me embodies the beginning of all rock and roll, really, because, he, you know, that was the earliest thing, you know, in the 20s, 30s, uh, country blues. And anyway, this teacher, he was really open to... Um, looking at early instruments in a sort of modern way. And one of the things he told me in the beginning is that if you want to make a living playing this instrument, you have to write your own pieces for it. And that, that sort of, then it sort of uh, changed for me. And I, I, you know, I took it really serious and then it became an obsession. I had before had no idea that this would become, you know, what I, what I'm doing with it now. And, uh, but he was sort of responsible for that because he sort of opened it up for me that way. Uh, before before that, uh, I tried to have also to have lessons in Europe, and that never um, took on because the teachers were not um, uh, they weren't they, they didn't have the right attitude to, to sort of bring it in the open like this guy did in a way to me, and he sort of explained it really well. And after that. Uh, you know, I saw this sort of, I got sort of this niche, and uh, I still play, play a lot of classical at home, and it's still my um, departure point to write compositions, really. You got to take themes that that are existent in the early repertoire and then sort of uh, repeat them, you know, in different ways. And so it's still uh, it's still important to me, but more important to me is to to show it to the people and and get it uh, where it belongs, like with the pop pop audience. Really, that's you know that's really my goal because the lute used to be a pop instrument in the 15 and 1600s. So it was everywhere and uh, very popular. So uh, why why not now? You know why yeah. wouldn't we do? Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because a lute uh, is almost a better popular music than a guitar in some ways because you can accompany yourself, you know, with the with the bass strings and stuff like that. It's kind of like a, yes. a one man band kind of. Uh, yeah, allows you like, to do that. Exactly, it's, it allows you to with the loose strings. It allows you to make these drones which uh, then it's easy to have sort of like a full composition going on by yourself on stage, which is great to do by yourself, you know. It's, a, it's sort of like a grand piano. Also, also the technique is a little bit like that because it's more left and right hand technique on the piano, similar to the thumb playing the bass and the rest of the fingers playing the melody. So it's, much, uh, it's more like uh, the technique of lute is more like piano than guitar technique. So, yeah, yeah, I I'd never thought about it like that, but that 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 makes a whole lot of sense, um, you know. And there's there's kind of like a, a, not in addition to the you know the separation of the left and the right, 
on piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear lute, a lot of times one of the sounds that I think of is uh, like tack pianos, you know, like where they, they've put like brass tacks on the hammers. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes more like a percussive noise when it uh, strikes the strikes the strings. Um, yeah. And so, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it comes from that. It, it, you know, harpsichord is sort of, sort of imitates that, and, and the lute itself should have that sort of harpsichord sound when plucked. That's sort of the ideal uh, uh, sound for lutes. More like, uh, more metallic, if you will, you know, the sound, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think uh, that, that metallic sound fits really well into the the kind of aesthetics and the the conce- conceptual side of what you do, um, I something about that that I'm kind of wondering, and I know that this is probably a, a, too broad and probably a overly complicated question, but um, you know, there's obviously people associate you know Baroque music, Renaissance music, and stuff with uh, religious things. Um, your, your music, uh, in addition to kind of its, uh, its tone and everything, a lot of your, uh, the way that you present it, like the, the names of your compositions and stuff have, you know, kind of religious or philosophical, um, kind of bents to, to the names of the, the compositions. Um, and so I, I guess after all that, my question is, uh, what, what's kind of the influence on like the religious history of music and how that. Uh, influences your compositions yeah um, I just get inspired by uh, write by reading uh, mostly texts by nuns from 1400 uh, 1200 1400 that sort of uh, they uh, they talk about the nuns relation with God which is sort of uh, still an erotic but also deeply religious uh, relation but also it has all this, also this lightness between a woman and a man in a way and it's really intense uh, religious uh, writing but uh, to me it's uh, yeah it's it inspires me uh, it's it's the same sort of uh, feeling I have, you know, when I listen to a really beautiful, obscure loop piece that I've never heard and all of a sudden it's there. Um, and, and it's also a parallel. I try to, um, you know, share with people this uh, early music thing uh, with this, this early music instrument, also with text from around the same time. But, uh, and yeah, they're also yeah religious. Some of them are religious. I mean, it's not like all my titles are referring mm-hmm. <coughs> referrals to uh, to religion, you know. So, but anyway, it's, it just depends on what inspires me at the moment. Which at the moment when I'm writing a record, so it's also this document of a certain time and where I am sort of yeah into usually into one. Um, work that's maybe Western spiritualism or so, and then uh, I sort of incorporate that into the music and into the text, and um, yeah, that's, and that's sort of, uh, I hope that, I hope that answers your question. Oh, yeah, definitely, it does. Yeah, that, I, I didn't know about your fascination with the early uh, writings of the nuns, 
Uh, mm. But that, that makes sense, you know. Um, yeah, and there's definitely, you know, some some ecstatic kind of holiness to some of what you do. Um, so that, that makes a lot of sense. The so those are you're talking about, you know, actually reading like primary sources. Like, do you mean reading books about the nuns, or do you mean reading like the actual like religious texts that are being produced at that time it's, period? No, I read their writings, which are usually in Latin and then translated into English. Uh, there's a good series called, uh, yeah, Western Spirituality Works, if you look it up, and it's, it's all these uh, <laughs> spiritual writers. Um, I actually read the, 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 the real texts, because they're, they're really beautiful. There's a bunch of them, and I usually quote them on the record, and also and credit them on the record. Uh, and I hope then the idea is that people get to read them also, these texts. But uh, no, they're, as you say, they're really ecstatic, the texts. And, um, and that's, that's the, the thing that uh, makes them beautiful. And also that which sort of tears these sentences, there are these sentences in them that tear themselves out of these books in a way, and they keep they, they they keep stuck in my mind, and then that will become the title. And uh, sometimes they're very long, also. <laughs> yeah, they're they're very striking. <laughs> and, I, I apologize. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Uh, yeah. So I imagine that there's sort of a um, what am I what am I thinking of? Um, almost like an anthropological thing, where like. You know, there, there's probably plenty of these texts that haven't been uncovered, uh, but you know, still exist in the world. There might be a chest somewhere with these. Um, mm -hmm. And you, you had mentioned before about hearing a an ancient loot piece for the first time mm -hmm. and kind of the mm -hmm. effect that has on it. Uh, have you delved into any kind of, um, you know, kind of like searching out, like, you know, going to old libraries or something and just trying to you know, rediscover, you know, some written music or something like that. Um, kind of like an archaeological, archaeological dig or something for, for lack of a better term. Yes, I, I, I did that. And uh, I went to libraries, obviously, to look at the manuscripts also and copy them. And also in the beginning, when I started uh, to, to study the loots in New York, uh, there were there was no uh, YouTube, so uh, everything went from person to person. Really, they showed you how to play the lute with a teacher. Now there's obviously all these uh, YouTube films uh, where there's many lute players playing all these pieces, uh, and also uh, back then most lute pieces uh, from let's say the 70s and 80s were on vinyl. The uh, yeah CDs were they were just starting, but um, when I started, I got most of the material, more most of the repertoire that I that I listened to was either radio or from from vinyl, and so I still have this collection of all these uh, uh, loot records, solo loot records um, from uh, from the beginning. So uh, that's how I got my information. And in the beginning, it was uh, really like, yeah, you had to, to travel to, to find information. And uh, 
And also the instruments were built differently back then. Now they are built really light. Um, for example, Julian Bream, this lute player, he had a very heavy, heavy lute, and so it was sort of built like a guitar almost, uh, which uh, really affects the, the sound. So the instrument, the sound of the instrument would be, let's say, quite dark, uh, quite not so, um, not so much treble uh, and not so bright as it is now. And uh, yeah, there are all these differences. I guess now it's uh, everything's more and out in the open, but um, which is good, so people can uh, try this themselves. You know, it's more of a. My thing is to just take the loot out of the library and and give it to the people and let it become uh, popular like a guitar. You know, and that, that's sort of my thing, and not not to have it to be too academic and to 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 be like. Okay, uh, there's this whole set of rules that you have to uh, learn first before you can even touch this thing, and then you have to play these pieces a certain way, which is the way we think uh, this sounded back then when it was performed the first time, which is, to me, completely ridiculous. So, um, because, you know, now people are taller, there's more noise, they listen differently, uh, back then, there was a uh, total different uh, listening experience than there was than there is now. So that's why I think it's one of the reasons I don't believe in uh, this historical or historical version of things. You know? Yeah, definitely. That that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, even if you think about just like buildings have changed so much that like probably it would probably be even hard to just capture the acoustics of a lute the same way it would sound, you know, hundreds of years ago in a modern building with pipes in the wall and drywall and stuff like that. Yeah, I do. I do play in those buildings and some of the, some of those, uh, reverb or, you know, the, yeah, the reverb in those buildings is sometimes, good to play the lute, uh, or it sort of resembles uh, a, a cathedral or so, which is great if you have a long five or five second or six second echo, it's fantastic to play and uh, you could play uh, very minimal that way, you know, so. Yeah. I, I bet that sounds great, because the, the lute to me strikes me as very like resonant, it seems like you know, playing it excites all the other strings and stuff like that. So I bet having that reverb and echo effect uh, probably makes the instrument so much more electric sounding. I guess, yeah, yeah. They, they're all you know. It depends on how they build. Also, you have, you have I have bigger instruments that have more bass in them, for example, mm -hmm. uh, or, or more strings, and there's more of a I don't know, more of a bass drone in it when you play it a certain way but uh, it's uh, the thing though is which is which makes it really interesting for me is that the music becomes more about the building you know it's uh, it will sound you can play the same piece uh, all the time but it will sound completely different in a different building so it's also about architecture this, this uh, instrument and that's really great uh, it's so much more interesting than to have 20 pedals uh, and a guitar, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, you said yours are are built in a certain way. Is there anybody making like factory loots now? Or if you if you want a new loot, do you have to find someone to build it for you? Yeah, I would uh, advise to find somebody to build it for you because it really depends on how big your hands uh, are, for example, and. Uh, yeah, how the shape of your body is. Uh, the loot is, is sort of built uh, according to, uh, you know, to your wishes also. There are, uh, a friend of mine, he started uh, sort of loot, uh, building loots in Paris, uh, Loot de Ré, and he gave me one of his. And he tried to make them more, uh, not factory uh, made, but made like 50 in what, you know, at one time. Mm-hmm. So they become become cheaper, and uh, they're pretty good loots. And uh, so, in a way, it's yeah, it's it's starting to become easier to get a good loot that way. Because uh, if you have to go to a builder, it can be really expensive, of course, and uh, also it can be quite a long process. It could take up to one or two years before the instrument uh, is ready, because you have to get on a list and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah, that's that's very cool. And I imagine, you know, pre-internet, you know, uh, you were in New York City, so there was probably somebody that could build a loot in New York City. But I imagine in the 80s, in a lot of America, if you wanted to play loot, there was probably a good chance that you wouldn't even be able to find somebody to make <laughs> one. Uh, I think uh, in the 70s and 80s, there, there was this, there were quite a bunch of, uh, English loot players, and uh, I'm sure there were some builders in, in America, usually guitar builders, ex-guitar builders that, you know, start, you know, they try to get, get, you know, get the hand uh, to build the loot, which is usually not, not uh, works immediately, but uh, after a while, but uh, yeah, but yeah, there, there are still not many great builders, there, it's not like a, a thing that's uh, everywhere, so yeah, there, I guess, yeah. It's, yeah, if you want to, um, but yeah, I had I had one builder in Canada. Uh, he was sort of related to my teacher, Michael Schreiner, and he built like most of my loots. And uh, he's yeah, he got really good at it, and it became very personal. I mean, uh, for example, I would ask him to to, to build more reverb into, into the instruments, uh, which is not so uh, such an easy thing to do. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's quite, it was quite a production that way, you know, so. Yes, very cool. Very cool. I know uh, you you did a uh, collaboration with uh, Jarbo, uh, yeah. who we've actually had on the show before, so I thought oh, that cool. was a, a cool connection um, yeah. between y'all. Uh, and so, you know, I was trying to think about that, Um and how I I related to that, and you know I Jarbo and I are both uh, you know Southern Americans, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of the the instruments used in like Appalachian music, uh, like the the two that come to mind are like hammered dulcimer and banjo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, seem like they would be good fits for playing along with a lute. Um, and I, I, I'm just wondering if uh, you've ever looked at, like, you know, the, the Southern American Appalachian or, or bluegrass tradition as maybe sure. a, a 
pool of things to to yeah, experiment sure. with. I like well, I don't know if it's bluegrass, but I really like Carter Family, uh, mm-hmm. that 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 sort of darker country stuff, and uh, yeah, bluegrass. I yeah, I I, uh, I understand the connection because the lute can sound much like a banjo at some point if you play it a certain way, and uh, and I guess yeah, it's you know it's cool. Yeah, no, I'm 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 very interested in Appalachian music and. Uh, I guess yeah, I had some records, and uh, obviously from uh, in the states. But uh, no, I had it was great uh, working with uh, with Jabo. You know, I've been such a Swans fan, and also of her work with Skin, which is the duo uh, that she does with Michael Girard, and that's uh, that was really my favorite Swans uh, related uh, music, and it's very it's sort of acoustic and. Uh, also minimal, and yeah, she has a great voice. And uh, I've been—I mean, I saw—I've seen many shows of her way back already. So yeah, it's, it was a big honor for me to to be able to, to to sing with her on the record. So yeah. How did how did that come to be? Did y'all uh, meet in New York or something, or was it more of uh, a a mutual appreciation that y'all found? She mentioned she mentioned my work. Uh, in an interview, and uh, then uh, I, guess I just got in touch with her. I had <clears throat> I had seen her many times already uh, in concerts. So, uh, and that goes <laughs> that goes back maybe twenty five years already. So, uh, first time. Mm-hmm. So I, I was uh, so I was quite you know quite quite uh, amazed that she mentioned uh, my music and. Uh, that she said she liked it, you know, so yeah, and then uh, after that I, I just, when I had this one piece that uh, again was uh, written by these nuns about the relation between uh, this nun and God and uh, the, he, you know, he, he, she, uh, she's sort of the bride, the bride of God and uh, and this text um, evol- revolves around that theme in a, in a bit and yeah, I think that came out really good, you know so I'm very, I'm very happy. I'm very proud. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, the both of you fit into a, a kind of uh, interesting category of performers, and that's people who have established their own sound kind of so much, and their their own just like whole process and way of doing things uh, that it seems like you can collaborate with people and, uh, you know, maintain instead of like joining a band or something, it's like maintaining a, okay, well this is, you know, uh, something I'm doing with, you know, Jim Jarmish or somebody. And, and people can see that and view it as like these two artists collaborating on something is very cool. Um, and I know she, she's done a lot of that too with like, Father Murphy and neurosis yeah. and stuff. Yes, that's yeah, that's great. Uh, I don't, I know uh, the people from Father Murphy and. Uh, oh, awesome! But yeah, no, it's it's real, yeah, no, it's the collaboration. It's it's quite difficult because you have to find somebody that lets you keep your identity, so you're not uh, sort of uh, doing something that has you know you just fits into your world in a way and. Uh, 
it's yeah there are not too many people and uh yeah so no i was really surprised and uh amazed at it and uh yeah collaborations to me it's really about who i meet and uh, what makes sense uh with with sort of this ecstasy in a way you know because it's sort of to me it's still an ecstatic uh thing that i that i uh, experience when 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 things go right with this music and and that's sort of what 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 there is to share with somebody i work with in a way and that somebody yeah you you, you keep your identity it's more than just the sum of its parts let's put it that way yeah absolutely yeah that's a good a good way to say it um and uh you know i i think there there's a strange part of me that kind of views you as like a a heavy metal artist um <laughs> and uh so i know that in in sort of the the world that you you perform in um you know what whatever word you want to give to that uh there's kind of a broad range of everything from you know sort of minimalist uh loop playing to harsh electronic noise uh that mm-hmm. all somehow sort of occupies the same wavelength of this you know transcendent uh ecstatic kind of music and i think mm-hmm. that's really cool and uh mm-hmm. i i think that you you do a good job of bringing out a a, a distinct you know <laughs> section of that of that uh that whole um, have you ever thought about, uh, doing like a, say like a, a metal record or a noise record or something like that? Um, well, it's, I always try to, and then I get really, you know, I, I love to listen to that stuff. And I, I listen to sun earth and I listen to wolf eyes or, uh, or noise bands, whatever, uh, or metal. And uh, I really like to listen to it, but if I have to really play it myself, I get bored. You know, it's like uh, I'm so uh, spoiled with loop technique that, uh, which is uh, something that keeps you uh, interested because it's quite difficult. But with guitar, if I I record something with guitar, I get really enthusiastic with electric guitar, and then it just ebbs very fast, and then. Um, so I, I prefer just to do electric uh, recordings and use it in film, mm-hmm. sort of as a you know something different from from what I usually do. Um, which these records, to me, they're also has a storyline. If I put out a record, it's 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 a sort of like a book, and it has all these. Uh, it's a storyline and it fits together and it's a concept and it's it's not like uh, the, the pieces fit together and it's also from a certain time like I just said it's a it's a document of a certain period so uh, if I do something that's completely different from that like let's say noise or field recordings and, and processed uh, then, then I use that more for film, and uh, I do use electronics with the lute combined with the lute, sort of minimal mm-hmm. electronics, and uh, and that's sort of my sound right now, and I love to do that. So, and that that's also on the record, but that's more integrated to me, you know. But metal, um, I mean, I've done it, and 
used to play in metal bands or let's say in harsh noise bands or in yeah that sort of thing and and it was fun back then but now i don't i don't really have an impetus to to follow that up or, or just to do that for longer i can do it with a few people in a band and then it's fun you know mm-hmm. but not like not not like uh not like day in day out like i do with the with the loot and uh so yeah it's, yeah, it's different. It's more like a fun thing and, and, and more fragment, you know, for a fragment or so. Yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, and, and that also kind of insinuates a really interesting thing that with the amount that you tour and play, that you still feel challenged by the loot and it's still fun for you to play is uh, really amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's like I said. It's it's more it's more about traveling, and, and you go there, and you go to a space, and the space is always different. The sound is always different. There's always different problems that you have to have to solve uh, before the show, and then uh, that's that's so much more exciting to me than uh, if you go with a Marshall amp, you can go anywhere, and, and it doesn't matter. You know, but my th- my thing is more it's more fragile and and uh, and of course I also want to be loud and uh, but that's difficult you know so uh, yeah it's always a challenge and I guess uh, it's more uh, I don't know it's it's still like in the Middle Ages you know uh, it was difficult to be a loot, a loot player making a living some of them got drowned if they were bad you know <laughs> they got drowned by the church. So yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Or m- more likely, uh, me if I decided to get someone to build me a loot. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, know you should definitely do that. It, yeah. It's cool. I, do you see like kind of a, re- a uh, renaissance coming about? Um, yeah, there's people picking yeah, up the there's. Yeah, there's a lot more uh, kids playing uh, strange instruments. Like, for example, the oud. Uh, people are playing oud, which is the Arabic uh, variant of Western lute. And uh, so, yeah, no, but uh, there, there, there are more, I guess, with, with internet, things are more open and easier to find. So it's also easier to find the repertoire for a, a funny instrument or a strange instrument. And, uh, and hence also people are more interested in, in, in exotic, what's still exotic. And uh, it's just more available right now. So, and, and that's, uh, yeah, that makes it exciting. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I think between you bringing the lute into popular music and uh, maybe Joanna Newsom bringing the harp into popular music. Maybe yeah. in the next couple of decades, we'll start to have full bands playing, uh, you know, some golden era instruments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's funny. You mentioned that uh, Joanna Newsom, I said the record was, uh, that was sort of when people started to open up more to different instruments and also and even more important to put it in a different pop context uh, and that was i guess one of the first records where a harp was actually put in in a pop context 
uh, that's, you know, unless it was folk music, you know, this was not folk music, but more like uh, pop music. So, uh, yeah, that, that made a big difference. And that was really important when that came out. That's really cool. And then people are going to uh, see a movie or something and hear the music in it that you've done. And maybe that'll have a similar impact where it'll have people discovering you um, from kind of a, a, you know, coming from a secondary place to, to get to your music. Yeah, definitely. Um, that that's very cool. I I mean I I know personally the first one of your records I heard was uh, it it wasn't a soundtrack but it was something you do with Jim Jarmusch uh, because I'm a big fan of his movies. Um, mm-hmm. I there were two that were around at the same time and I can't remember which one I heard first. It was either Concerning the Entrance into Eternity or Apocastasis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know which one I actually like listened to first, but definitely at the okay. same time in my life, uh, there was like a distinct summer where I was listening to both those records like every day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, uh, I'm, I was really happy with the last one that we did uh, uh, last year on Sacred Bones. Uh, and uh, so we just uh, also the way it was, yeah, it seems to be more... I don't know, it's hard to describe, but I, I was just really, really uh, happy with the way it came out. Also sound-wise, I mean, I did more effects on the lute and also effects on the electric guitar. And so, um, yeah, no, I was just just really happy with, with, with the record and I got, got some good reviews and uh, was happy with it. Yeah, I guess that's an awesome one. Yeah. You, you mentioned yeah. uh, Sacred Bones. Um, it, is that like an ongoing relationship that you have with them? Do you have other stuff uh, in the works with them? I think there will be, there will be some other stuff, but I'm not supposed. I don't think I'm. Supposed okay, to okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, and I know you've done a bunch of stuff with uh, consoling sounds too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which I'm a I'm a huge fan of pretty much everything they put out. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that you have kind of the support of these great labels that are, you know, really pushing music forward. Um, yeah, Consoling Sounds, they, they are not so far from the place where I was born. I was uh, born very close to the Belgian border. So mm-hmm. I, I sort of uh, get there. Um, mentality a lot you know and uh yeah no so they're, they're really nice people to work with you know? and i think they have good taste it's uh, it's also uh not you know not just metal or you know they have also nice avant-garde uh, records and uh so yeah i i think they have sort of a good uh, aesthetic you know yeah oh yeah for sure yeah no, they uh put out a couple of uh nadia records that I've always enjoyed. Oh, too. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, so I, I guess the last thing I was going to ask about is if you had anything in the works, but uh, if you can't talk about that, I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> I have five records in... Uh, no, sorry. Uh, no, I have... Uh, I'm working on some solo stuff. Uh, it's not finished yet, and uh, it'll probably be out in... Uh, in uh, next year somewhere and there will be another duo record with Jim also and uh, I don't 
also don't know exactly when that will come out because things are a bit uh, strange with, <clears throat> you know, I don't know, with, I guess, also with record stores and mail and all that in the States. So, uh, but anyway, no, there's, there's uh, more on the way. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had five records coming out soon. Yeah, but you've certainly made a career out of, uh, you know, not not resting. Um, and uh, so, if 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 we could point our our listeners to one recent record, uh, do you think uh, be- Ex Mortis is the one? Yes. Okay. I think that's definitely the one. Definitely. Cool. Well, we'll make sure to, to put a link to that and everything. Um, Thank you. When we post about this. But it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to sit down with me and chat. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. It was very nice to talk to you, man. It was nice. You nice too. chat. Great to meet All you. Right. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Thank you, Eddie. Bye-bye. Thank you. This has been... Comfort Monk Productions.